Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Because it's sports talk with Cooper and Big Man. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, once again, it is that time, ladies and gentlemen, Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. This is Big Man, and as always, joining me is my brother, Cooper. Cooper, how you doing? Doing pretty good, man. We've had, we've had a pretty good weekend so far. I'm ready to get into this wrestling talk. Oh, yes, it is that time, once again, ladies and gentlemen, Saturday wrestling talk. Let's do it, brother. Let's dive into some Monday Night Raw. Starting off on the show, we had the immortal Hulk Hogan introducing Raw Legends Night. This was, of course, followed up by Miss TV featuring The New Day. All this, of course, is going to be credited to WWE.com and The Bleacher Report. Miz and Morrison followed the latest edition of Miss TV running down the card for the night, and some of the legends would make special appearances throughout the broadcast before welcoming their first guests of 2021. The New Day! New Day! New Day rocks. New Day rocks. Yeah, that's enough. Yeah. Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods took over the show, renaming it New Day Talks. New Day Talks. Mm. Oh, yes. With the arrogant heels as their first guest, the segment dragged out until the Miz's anger boiled over and Mr. Money in the Bank erupted. Teddy Long would cut him off, though, and Miz and Morrison, you're going to take on The Undertaker! Oh, that would have been fun, wouldn't oh, it? Oh, dude, it was funny seeing the looks on their face. <laughs> I was like, yeah, buddy! <laughs> Unfortunately, that would not be the case. Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> Kingston and Woods playfully ran around the ring, selling the announcement before Long corrected himself and booked a predictable tag match instead. So, first up on the card, we had The New Day versus The Dirt Sheets, Miz and Morrison. Back and forth action dominated the opening moments of The New Day's battle with The Miz and Morrison. It kicked off the in-ring portion of Monday Night Show. Every time the heels threatened to take control, the baby faces frustrated them. Kingston sailed over the top ropes and wiped out Miz and Morrison, uh, wiped out Miz and Morrison heading into another break. The heels finally grounded Kingston coming out of the commercial and cut him off from the woods. Yeah, from Woods. I almost thought that said from the Woods for a second. Almost confused me. I'm like, what? <laughs> Kingston fought back and made a, made a tag to his trumpet-playing teammate. Woods exploded into the match and drove Miz to the floor, survived a big forearm from the Morrison, and answered with his one of his own. Woods fired off a shining wizard, scoring the pinfall on Morrison. 
Miz appeared despondent following a yet another loss. So the New Day defeats Miz and Morrison. Yeah, man, this was a good match all the way around. And uh, it's kind of nice to see the New Day get a win off of them because uh, you know how I feel about Miz and Morrison. So for me, this was a good match. Good way to start off 2021. Right. So, yeah. All right, next up we had... Angel Garza attempted attempting to wow legends Alicia, Alicia Fox and Mickey James to little avail. Before being focused, turned to the square circle as AJ Styles' latest showdown with Elias was about to take place. A desperate Elias attack from the opening bell, surviving an early headlock to seize control of the phenomenal one. The sinister songster of WWE dominated coming out of the commercial as almost watched from the floor, towering over the proceedings like a New York skyscraper. Uh, yeah. yeah, basically. Dude's pretty freaking tall, especially next to the phenomenal one. Yeah. The phenomenally Make, short one. Makes him look like a child. Right. Elias delivered a sit-out choke slam, scoring a near fall. He caught Styles mid-flight, blocking the phenomenal forearm with a jumping knee for yet another two-count. Styles countered with an electric chair with a hurricanrana. Moments later, he delivered the Styles clash and scored the win. After the match, Jackson Riker botched a guitar shot. As badly as his tweet game, smashing it into the winning boot of almost before bailing to the floor and escaping with Elias. Yeah, that was pretty funny to watch. Yep, so we had Styles upending Elias. What are they doing with this so-called now budding rivalry that's been pretty one-sided? I have no idea what they're doing with this. Um, I think it's, to me, it feels more like a match filler, maybe? Uh, I mean, it's it's... It's good. I mean, it's good experience for Elias, and you know, I mean, whatever. But yeah, I mean, to me, that's really all what this is. Kind of like they did with Jeff Hardy and Elias there for a while. Mm-hmm. Now it's like AJ Styles was pushed into it. So yeah, it's just kind of crazy. All right, man. Next up, we had Charlotte Flair and Oscar taking on Peyton Royce and Lacey Evans. The women's tag team champion Charlotte Flair and Oscar returning to action this week, battling the team of Peyton Royce and Lacey Evans in a non-title action match. As the legendary Nature Boy Ric Flair watched his daughter from ringside, woo! Had to give one of those styling and profiling, baby. As That's always, what's up. some early improving chemistry from Royce and Evans was on full display as they worked uh, worked over Flair. Attack to Asuka looked to have the champs rolling, but Royce uh, opportunistically shoved the Empress off the ropes while Flair and Evans brawled on the floor. The heels dominated coming out of the break, stomping Asuka in the corner, thus keeping her opposite side of the ring from her partner. Flair finally tagged in and unleashed a flurry of chops to the chest of Evans, which is, she got those chops from her daddy. <laughs> yes, she did. She launched Royce with a suplex and delivered a moonsault to both opponents. Asuka tagged herself in. And scored a big kick to the face of Royce. An ugly natural selection from Flair to Royce turned earned two as Evans broke up the pin just in time. Again, the sassy Southern Belle came on to the Nature Boy, earning the wrath of his daughter. Late Rick inadvertently tripped. <clears throat> I think that's supposed to be later. Rick inadvertently tripped Charlotte, allowing Royce to score the win with a crucifixion or crucifix yeah, roll. Inadvertently, it looked like he did that on purpose. Tripping his own daughter? I know, man, but, mm. like, I don't know, the dirtiest player in the game is kind of a player, too, and he kind of liked the attention from the ladies, so. Yeah. 
Yeah, this this really made his daughter very angry. Yeah, after the match, Charlotte would belittle belittle her father, sending him away as she fumed over her loss. This sounds like a reoccurring theme. Because remember early on in her career when she came up to the main roster, he was there for for a lot of their matches, but kind of annoyed her a lot, and she would get pissy. Yeah, that's so a little bit of a but callback. This this was. She had every right to be mad about this, dude. Uh, mm-hmm. To me, that was not inadvertently. It was on purpose. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we will never know. I guess we won't know. <laughs> All right, man. Next up, we have <clears throat> Riddle versus Bobby Lashley. The typically fun-loving Riddle wasted little time taking the fight to the United States champion Bobby Lashley in their match, striking with rapidity. Was that their writing? That was their writing. That was really bad. Striking with rapidity. That's not even a word. I don't preach. Sure. I think that's <sighs> supposed to be stri- striking rapidly. Rapidly, yeah. Not striking with rapidity. <laughs> yeah. Um, some of their stuff. I mean, I I like I like their stuff. Don't get me wrong, but some of their their content. Um, I I was looking over some of the the writing today, and I was like, hmm. Right. So, you know, I, I apologize if some of it's a little botchy, but right. you know, we're getting our information from the Bleacher Report and WWE.com, and most of it is from the Bleacher Report. So, right. you know, if the wording's a little off, I believe too, it's because they are, um. If I remember correctly, they are in a different country type thing. Mm-hmm. They're writers, so they write a little bit differently than we do. Right. So then there's next, that. Next thing we have, Lashley weathered the storm, which is fine, but then dealt the fight back to Riddle. Shouldn't that be brought the fight back to Riddle, yeah. not dealt it back? Yeah, it's just just a play on words that are a little bit different than ours. So, yeah, they, so anyways. That, that, that's what that is. So let's just keep going with it. So he, storms the, he weathers the storm. And brings the fight back to Riddle. Lashley then dominated coming out of the timeout, rocking Riddle and leaving him with a dazed and confused look on his face. Well, that's not hard to do. He's a bro. <laughs> <laughs> Bros have that sometimes. Riddle fought back, uh, delivered a straight kick to the face, and followed with a bro broton for two. What's a broton? Is that like yeah. a swanton? Yeah. Okay. It's a swanton. Okay. And a final flash knee to the face earned another two, or another count of two. Lashley recovered, stunned Riddle on the top rope, and brought him down with the Dominator. He followed with the Hurt Lock, but Riddle springboarded off the ropes. Um, he tapped out, forcing Lashley to break the hold. The referee did not see. Oh, okay. Yeah, the referee didn't see it. That he tapped out. It was out of his view. He ta- then yeah. he tapped out. So. And so Lashley broke the hold. The referee not saying it. Ordered the match to continue. And Riddle scored a roll-up pin. Okay. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, <laughs> this doesn't dude. make any sense. And boy, was Bobby Lashley angry about this. Oh, I'm sure. And that's not surprising. Because he, he, he thought he won, and the ref yeah, didn't see he it. Yeah, so. he was really angry, so was MVP. And they well, were... I mean, he actually did win. It's not like he... Yeah, he. It's not like he didn't think he won and it was wrong. He won and he was. He was. He was right. right but, he, but it was still wrong according to the referee. Yeah. So, and all and at, at the end of it, that's all that matters is the referee's opinion. Exactly. All right. Next up, we have. Ooh, dang, gotta get this stripped over. What do we got? Dana Brooke and Shayna Baszler. All right. 
Uh, Mandy Rose made her way to the ring for the for a match with Shayna Baszler after the Queen of Spades left both her and her tag partner Dana Brooke lying a week ago. Uh, probably laid to waste. Uh, Baszler attacked Rose from out of nowhere, though, leaving the match in doubt. So Brooke hit the ring and demanded a match with Baszler. A brief scuffle gave way to Baszler trapping Brooke in a clutch. Dana countered into a roll-up for the stunning win. After the match, Rose broke up the clutch that Baszler never released and joined her partner uh, joined her partner in double flapjack to the heel. Whew. Yeah, man, this was a this was you know a little bit of payback for for everything they've been putting them through. Mm-hmm. It was kind of nice to see Dana Brooke actually get a win. I love Dana Brooke. I think she's very talented, and I think she could be a big powerhouse. Mm-hmm. I mean, so it was kind of go- cool to see her versus Shayna Baszler, and to see her pull off the win like she did was like, ah, right on. Right. So, and then you know, like that after you know with Manny Rose, how they did the flapjack on her, I was like, yes. Yeah. So you know, it was a good match all around. I liked it. Yeah. All right. So after a convoluted explanation for not burning Alexa Bliss alive that he attributed to self hatred and. T- turning it against his enemies or something like that. Randy Orton stalked toward the ring for a scheduled matchup against Jeff Hardy. The Viper attacked Hardy early and often, methodically picking him apart With while commentator Tom Phillips discussed the rich history between them. Hardy fought back with an intended twist of fate that uh, more closely resembled a swinging netbreaker. Regardless of what it actually was, it was for not Orton regained control as the charismatic enigma crashed to the arena floor. Back from the break, a sadistic Orton targeted the earlobe of Hardy, twisting it and, con- and contorting it in a callback to their Hell in a Cell match in 2018. Hardy finally mounted a comeback, rocking his opponent in the corner with a clothesline. Uh, he followed that up with Whisper in the Wind for a near fall. Hardy looked poised to put Orton away with the Swanton Bomb, but Orton rolled out of the way and then dropped the consummate. Uh, ah, it's hard to say that. <sighs> just dropped the baby face with a draping DDT. There we go. How about that? Hardy tried another twist of fate, but Orton caught him with an RKO for the win. Whew. Yeah, man, this match was... I just... I don't like to see Jeff Hardy continuously beat on. Um, I would like to see Jeff Hardy come back and, you know, be in the U.S. title contention spot. Or, you know, if he's not going to be doing that on Raw, move him over to SmackDown. Have him go after the Intercontinental. I mean, honestly, I think he he still is, a, you know, a, a worthy champion. And I think that uh, he should be, be given such offers. Yeah, this kind of makes me wonder, though, if maybe his contract isn't about up with WWE and they're kind of putting him through a losing streak and that he's about to be done with the company. Yeah, I, I really don't know what's going on with that either. But I will say <laughs> I will say he was very nice to meet and he's a yeah. He's a very down to earth guy and I enjoyed it, so Yeah. Uh, we were sort of towards the end. I kinda wish we would have asked what how what his future and holds with wrestling, but Yeah. We kinda didn't really have yeah, that. Yeah, not only that, but we went as fans. It was you know, I don't you know it's cool to, to say, yeah, we have a podcast, yeah, this, that, and the other. But at the same time, it's like you go as fans, you you show people who you are before you introduce yourself as, mm-hmm. hey, you know, 
Kind of like we did with the independent scene. You know, we went as fans before we ever went, hey, we got a podcast. Yeah. So there you go, right? Exactly. All right. So moments after a brief encounter with former Divas champion Melina, the Lucha House Party's Grand Metal League and Lince Dorado hit the ring for a showdown with Raw Tag Team champion Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander of the Hurt Business. MVP would watch from commentary table. The heels established dominance, but overconfidence led to Dorado rocking Alexander with a jawbreaker. A big knee from Shelton Benjamin stopped him from making a tag before the tension and dissension between the Raw Tag Team Champions proved costly. After a super kick to Benjamin, Dorado scored a win with a crucifix rollout. Following the match, an infuriated MVP berated his teammates demanding Benjamin and Alexander sell their differences and get on the same page. And I write, Alexander walked off while MVP held Benjamin back. Koopa, your thoughts is, uh, looks like the Hurt Business is, uh... They're having issues. Dude, they're having issues. I uh, I don't get it because they're winning. But the only thing I can think of is there's so many egos on one team. That that's pretty much what the deal is with it. So. Yeah, that's one of the problems. Like you can tr- put a dream team together, but sometimes a dream team has too many egos and it's hard to come together. Yeah, and it only works for a short period of time. You know that's how it works. How it worked out really well for us when it came to basketball in the Olympics. We got all these superstars with egos, but they could put it together for a short amount of time, a tournament style, basically, to win a gold medal. Yeah. That's one thing. But when you're trying to work as a unit with an all-star team on for a long period of time, it, sometimes it just blows up in your face. Yeah, not everybody's the NWO. That's true. Not everybody's there. And so, we've even seen uh, dissension even between some of the other great stables, even including D-Generation X. Who knows what evolution could it be if it wasn't for all that egos, you know? Right? That's the finest example right there is evolution, mm-hmm. man. They, they still feud after how many years? Yeah. I mean, backstage, Ric Flair and Randy Orton had a few words, so. Yep. That is, that is what it is, man. Yep. All right. Next up, we had the legends on hand for the night's proceedings watching from the stage as Keith Lee made his way to the ring. For his WWE Championship opportunity against Drew McIntyre, adding credibility and a sense of significance to this television main event. The determined McIntyre worked over Lee early, but as the fight spilled to the floor, the challenger leveled the champion with a pounce that sent him over the guardrail and onto the arena floor. Oh, yes. Lee worked over the ribs in midsection coming out of the break, prepared to exploit that injury in the name of winning the WWE Championship. McIntyre, though, would fight back, launching Lee across the ring. Lee answered, though, with a spine buster. I just love spine busters. They're just... Dude, if they're spine done, busters, yeah. They're if they're just, done, they're just so powerful. And exactly. Just, I think still fit my favorites, Triple H's. Yes, Triple H's. And, and one that can one that can really do it, too, that I like is Bobby Roode. Yeah, ooh, Bobby Roode can do a mean spine buster on somebody. Yes, sir. And we'll be talking about them here in a little bit. Oh, yes. Smackdown. The champion, though, delivered a powerbomb from the ring apron, driving Lee through the announce table ahead of the final break of the night. The Limitless One fought through the effects of the table and scored a near fall following a break. Following the break, sorry. McIntyre looked for a backslide, but Lee powered out. McIntyre countered and delivered a future shock DDT for a two count. Lee would then uh, slow his opponent's momentum, again targeting the ribs. The competitor scaled the ropes for which Lee delivered a super Spanish fly that looked hella dangerous. <laughs> hella dangerous. I love that. Looked hella dangerous. But it did. It did look hella dangerous. 
I mean, that big of a guy going up that far, dude, is like, what? So was that your writing or theirs? That was theirs, but hey, I hella like dangerous. it. Uh, I love it. That's good. That hella dangerous. Hella dangerous. <laughs> Getting another two count for Lee. Uh, Lee again countered a Claymore attempt and tried to, for a spirit bomb. McIntyre, though, escaped and delivered the Claymore for a successful title defense. However, Goldberg would make his way to the ring after the match and challenge McIntyre to a match at the Royal Rumble, to which the champion suggested the match would be more like him wrestling his dad. The show abruptly left the air before anything could happen, a victim of time. Well... I mean, he did push McIntyre down, so it wasn't really that much of a anything could happen. That was kind of bullshit. So yeah, uh, I I know that they're bringing Goldberg back, and you know, like we talked about er, er, earlier today, that you know he does have uh, you know a couple of matches a year. He's got to wrestle, I guess, with <laughs> his contract or whatever. But mm-hmm. I just I. I don't know. There's some lackluster to this match. I'm not really looking forward to it. Um, I think if they take the title off of McIntyre via giving it to to Goldberg, it's it's gonna like it's not gonna look that great. I mean, yes, we we want to see it off of Brock Lesnar, but I want to see something better with with Drew McIntyre. Um, and I kind of like how he just got his title back. So I hope he keeps it at Royal Rumble and goes to WrestleMania. Maybe drops the title then to somebody else. Yeah. But I just don't. I don't like this match. I mean, the. And don't get me wrong. I'm a big Goldberg fan. Yeah. I just you think that Goldberg. you know, it's not one of those matches that I was like dying to see. Like. If Goldberg decided I'm gonna go to SmackDown and take on the head of the table, I'd be like, oh, oh yes, please do, because I'm so tired of Robert Reigns and his his little, you know, one, you know, the head of the table crap. So yeah, well, I I kind of I kind of told you what I thought about what's gonna happen with that. Yeah, and we're gonna about I think we're gonna soon see the return of Brock Lesnar, and I think he'll be the one winning the Rumble and challenging Roman at WrestleMania. Which will make a great storyline because we got the Heyman's guys going against each other. So, let's get moving. Let's move on to Wednesday night. Dynamite. That's right. AEW, baby. All right. So, first up for AEW, we have the tag team action that kicked off the first Dynamite of 2021 as the Young Bucks, Mac and Nick Jackson teamed up. With the SCU's Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian to battle the Hybrid 2's Jack Evans and Angelico, and the Acclaim's Anthony Bones and Max Caster. I mean, they pretty much start and end every night with a freaking tag with match. With a tag match, which it's okay because their tag matches are always fun. They're always exciting. It's like if you want to see some good tag team action, go to AEW because I'm telling you, they have. They just have it, dude. What I do like about it, though, it, I know I say this, I kind of say it a little bit kind of sarcastically, but I do appreciate that they do this because they make an effort to try to get almost everybody on their roster into the show. Into and the that's show. that's the one way they, you can do it. Everybody on the roster, they try and get them wins. Mm-hmm. It's Everybody is for everybody. No one is, no one is 
better than anybody. It's it's like they are all trying to make each other better, which is an awesome way to run your company. Right. All right. So let's get into the match. Wild chaotic action to find the opening moments of the match leading to the heels isolating Daniels from his partners. The fallen angel fought from underneath and finally managed to tag Kozarian into the match. Arguably the most underrated wrestler in the company, the former oh, tag, yes. champ, tag team champion, exploded into the match and scored a near fall on Evans. Matt Jackson entered the match and wiped out Angelico and Caster before joining Nick for a risky business on Bowens. <clears throat> the action can, continued to cut a frenetic pace until Daniels managed to score the pinfall victory for his team. After the match, Kazarian revealed that the next match he and his partner lose as a team will be their last as partners. Daniels went on to confirm that they want to challenge the Young Bucks for the AEW Tag Team Championship. Ooh. Oh, SCU taking on the Young Bucks. SCU! That's pretty good, man. Pretty good. Yeah, man. Some good tag team action right there. Mm Mm-hmm. Especially for the titles. Right. That's going to be... That'll be an interesting match. That's a... Definitely one I can't wait to watch. Next up, we have Moxley returning to Dynamite for the first time since losing the AEW World Championship. Vowing to dig in and stand his ground in the face of adversity, he addressed new champion Kenny Omega. He promised not to interfere in Wednesday night's main event because that would be robbing Ray Phoenix of an opportunity he worked long and hard to obtain. But Omega, he's not safe. He never will be. I'm the blind. Sp- I am. I'm in your blind spot, Kenny. He warned. Moxley tossed down the mic and stood tall. To close out that segment. Alright. So it's a little Moxley return. Oh yes, Moxley, man. Uh he's he's a beast and I'm glad that he went out on his own and made made something more of himself. I am glad that he could be his own man where he's at. So it's that's pretty cool to watch. Alright, so the inner circle it settled an internal dispute Wednesday night when the monstrous Jake Hager and Wardlow did battle. What started innocently enough with a collar and elbow tie-up escalated into a brawl between the big men and a double clothesline on the arena floor heading into the break. During the break, Hager controlled the action, leaving the lesser experienced Wardlow to fight his way back into the match, and he did. Hager attempted a Hager bomb as well as an ankle lock, but Wardlow escaped and delivered a swanton bomb. Man, Wardlow doing a swanton yeah, bomb? Yeah, man, he's he's crazy, Ooh. man. That dude is big, too. That's a big guy to be doing a swanton. <laughs> That's like that. Keith Lee trying to pull something like that. Right. Except for he's like jacked, man. This dude is big. Yeah. Hager countered the pinfall into a triangle choke, but Wardlow forced the break by draping his foot over the bottom rope. The battle headed up top where Hager applied the triangle choke again. Or, yeah, he applied it again. <laughs> Wardlow dropped down, hanging the Oklahoman up on the top rope. Uh, he followed up with an F10 for the final pinfall victory. After the match, the inner circle hit the ring to check on their teammates and encourage a sign of respect between the competitors. Hager shook his peer's hand as their differences appeared to be settled, at least for now. Well, that's, that's good. They're working on the, you know, their inner problems, I guess. The, the inner, inner circle is working on their inner problems. Right. Oh, uh, Sounds like a very good match. Uh, I want to let everybody know that these notes are taken directly from Bleacher Report and WWE or Bleacher Report and AEW.com because of the fact um, one of our recordings got 
deleted somehow. Yeah. So I wasn't able to watch it this week. I so we just were going strictly off the notes. Yeah. So I just want to let everybody know. Yes, sir. All right. So next up, uh, ahead of their TNT cha- championship match on night two of New Year's Smash next week, Darby Allen and Brian Cage, accompanied by Team Taz, hit the ring for their official weigh-in. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Uh, predictably, Cage held a 100-pound advantage over the champion, to which Allen showed little emotion. Instead, he suggested they skip the pleasantries and get to the fun part before the, a brawl could break out, though Sting appeared again making the save for Allen as their relationship continues to grow and evolve. The face-painted vigilantes of AEW stared down Team Taz. Ooh, interesting, interesting. Are we going to get to see Sting back in the ring, baby? We're supposed to at some point, so I'm kind of hoping this happens very soon. Can you imagine a tag championship match with Darby Allen and Sting versus the Young Bucks or somebody who ever AEW Oh, tag dude, team? right? That would be amazing, but... With Darby Allen being the TNT champion, we'll see what happens. Never know, man. I'm just saying, could happen. That would be cool. All right, next up in a giant ad for the Go Big, the yeah Go Big Show, Snoop Dogg accompanied co-judge Cody Rhodes uh, to the ring for the American Nightmares match against Matt Sydal. Man, I'm so glad he's back in top top line of the top of the line wrestling program. At one point, Sidell appeared to be injured as the fight headed to the arena floor. A shot by Cody to Serpentico? Tico? Serpentico, yes. Serpentico at ringside was followed by a Texas Cloverleaf by the former TNT champion as he worked the knee of his opponent. Uh, <clears throat> Sidell uh, stunned Rhodes with a four near fall, but Cody resumed control, delivering a jarring inverted suplex from the top. Seidel recovered and sought the shooting star press, but Cody got the knees up. He dropped Seidel with an inverted DDT for two. Seidel applied a submission, but Cody fought out and uh, delivered a clothesline that sent both men to the floor. Um, back in the ring, Coates delivered a disaster kick for two. A last gasp jumping knee attempt for Seidel missed, and Rhodes delivered a consecutive crossroads for the win. After the match, uh, Serpentico... Sir, ah, Sir and his chaos project teammate Luther hit the ring to attack Cody and Seidel. The base B faces uh, fought them off, and Snoop Dogg delivered a, spat, a splash from the top rope, top from the top rope. There we go to Serpentico uh, for the mainstream media spot. Man, that and really, that really sad. That got deleted. See Snoop Dogg on them. They're they've been memeing the crap out of his. <laughs> I don't care, dude. I don't care. <clears throat> you you got, you can just see the meme. Get it, big dog. Get it. It's probably on YouTube. We can probably look it up. I'm going to. I'm gonna look that up too. That's just that's crazy fun stuff though. All right. Next up, we have a women's championship match as Hikiro Shida and Abaddon take uh, take battle. Abaddon wasted little time trying to attack Hik. Kurochido or Shida. Hikiroshida. Hikiroshida. Wednesday night as she challenged for the AEW Women's Championship. Shida, ready for her undead opponent, cracked her with a kendo stick. Abaddon (laughs) no-sold it, sitting up and stalking her after her opponent. She would bite the thigh of Shida before dragging her under the ring and emerging with blood all over her mouth. The insinuation being that she again bit the neck of the champion. Abaddon dominated throughout the picture-in-picture commercial break, but Sheeta fought back and delivered her Tamaashi 
finisher for the successful title defense. That's awesome, man. I mean, she does. She's, she's, she's a beast, dude. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Abaddon's a beast, but you know, obviously trying to eat people and whatever. I don't know. <laughs> so, All right. but I'm glad she got the win, and it seems like it was a good match. It does it does? All right, and of course we have the AEW World Championship match. It's Ray Phoenix taking on Kenny Omega. AEW World Champion Kenny Omega weathered an early storm of challenger Ray Phoenix in the main event of Wednesday's broadcast, delivering a snapdragon suplex on the arena floor and dropping his spine first across the guardrail as he sought to successfully retain his title. Phoenix answered moments later, delivering a double springboard dropkick and falling with a damnedest, all right, the damnedest toke on Hilo uh, on the arena floor. Damnedest. All right. Back inside, Phoenix delivered a springboard into a German suplex that folded Omega up but only earned a two count. During the break, Omega released, unleashed a series of open hand strikes across the chest and back of the challenger, but Phoenix answered with hard-fought hands to the torso. Omega dropped him with, a cons- with consecutive power bumps, but Phoenix kicked out. The challenger reversed the one-winged angel into a reverse Rana, followed moments later with an inside-out cutter and looked for a frog splash. Omega, though, got his knees up, answered uh, with an impressive tiger driver, and scored the win with a one-winged angel. Omega stood tall in his title in hand while Don Callis grabbed the microphone. He threw, he threw to the back where Eddie Kingston, Butcher, and Blade beat down Pac and Penta L0M. Callus encouraged Omega to finish Phoenix and put an end to his career and said Moxley hit the ring with the barbed wire bat, baseball bat, and drove it into the midsection of his rival. As Moxley threatened further damage, Impact Wrestling Tag Champions Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson hit the ring and beat down the former world title holder. Hmm. They delivered the magic killer to Moxley, stood ring alongside Omega and Callus, the AEW world champion added repeated shots to the back with a baseball bat before Brian Pillman and Griff Garrison hit the ring to try to make the save. Uh, no one proved effective, though, as they were all stymied amid the dominance of the heels. The Young Bucks finally hit the ring to try to talk reason in their longtime friends and former club bullet cohorts. Bullet club cohorts. Where did they stand? The commentary at Team Ass. Matt and Nick added their signature two sweet hand gesture to Omega and the Good Brothers, seemingly reuniting with their friends as the show went off the air. Wow. Isn't that crazy? It's like a, it's like an Impact AEW mashup, dude. It's pretty cool what they're doing with this. I mean, really, honestly, I like it. Uh, it makes for good TV, and yeah. All right. So you ready to get, up, get on with this SmackDown, <clears throat> Friday Night SmackDown, back to WWE, baby. Oh, yeah. So, of course, credit goes to WWE.com and the Bleacher Report for the notes from Friday Night SmackDown. SmackDown's test started out strong, but the show is only building toward a brighter future. The roster needs to continue relying on young, impressive rising stars to thrive in 2021. Uh, let's see here. Roman Reigns blames Adam Pearce for what happened to Kevin Owens. Uh, Roman Reigns gave respect to Kevin Owens for fighting with ambition. He blamed Adam Pearce, though, for KO's injuries due to the sanctioned match between Owens and Jay Uso. Oh, I think that was supposed to be... A, wasn't that an unsanctioned match yeah. between the two of them? Yeah. The head of the table showed Pearce a video package of what led to KO's injuries. 
Reigns ran down the authority figure for putting an injured KO, uh, Owens in harm's way. Uh, he got in Pierce's face for not showing him respect he deserved for, by allowing him to pick his next challenger for the, rather than waiting on a gauntlet match. Uh, Pierce could not defend himself as the head of the table approached him, wondering if he would be calling being called stupid. Reigns backed off just barely, but left Pierce with a lasting threat. Man, I don't know what's up with Roman Reigns lately, dude. Um, I he, he's the, he's the he's the ultimate bad guy right now. Yeah, we well, call him the head of the table for a reason. All right, so match time. Here we go. Let's get to it. Apollo Crews came after Big E from the outset. So this is the Intercontinental Championship match. I thought this was going to be a little bit into the match before that. So Intercontinental Champion Big E versus Apollo Crews for the Intercontinental Championship. Here we go. So Apollo Crews came after Big E from the outset and looked to be the better man throughout. He threw around the Intercontinental Champion with ease. With a mass, After a massive suplex, the two locked legs... For a double pinfall causing the match to end in a draw. Cruz demanded the title and slapped his friend in the face. This convinced Big E to restart the match. An angry champion went after Cruz until he got caught with a knee to the face. A spine buster and sprog and sprog flash. <laughs> frog splash nearly took uh, took the win, but Big E refused to stay down. E battled back with force, wearing down his challenger with a stretch muffler and planted him. With a big ending to win back his championship. Yes, baby. To win his championship. Uh, I thought this was a good match, dude. And that slap. <laughs> he hit him hard. And Big E got mad. He slapped him right across the face. Right. And Big E's like, mm, boy. <laughs> he got him good, too. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. All right. Bianca Belair announced her entrance into the Royal Rumble, followed by an interruption by Bailey, who decided to enter the match and eliminate the EST on her way to a new reign. Carmella bragged backstage about defeating Sasha Banks, making it clear she's still more talented than the legit boss. Mm-hmm. But this was all before, of course, we took that take on SmackDown Tag Team Champions, the Street Profits versus the Dirty Dogs, Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. Dolph Ziggler survived an early flurry from Montez Ford after uh, his injured leg going after his injured there we go going after his injured injured left leg. Then Robert Roode did the same. Ford still refused to slow down, hitting a uh, somersault plancha on the heels that clearly did some damage to his leg as he was struggling to stand. Angelo Dawkins realized he was going to have to fight alone for a while as Ford recovered, and the heels gladly turned the match into a handicap beatdown. Ford got the hot tag and had to get physical rather than um, explosive, which worked for a while, including a discus lariat. The show-off planted Ford with a face buster off the top rope uh, to stop him in his tracks. Dawkins made a crucial save but could not get the tag as Ziggler knocked the bigger man off the apron. While Ford kicked out of a fisherman buster, he was down for the count after a spine buster zigzag combination. Whew. So, yeah, new man. champs. New champs. Uh, I think whatever's going on with Ford is just like there's something something really going on there. Because, I mean... Uh, right. Keep going. Well, get back to here. Something's going on. <laughs> something's going on there. Because, uh, yeah, freaking... Uh, 
There's something wrong with his knee. I think he's really injured or something. Because I don't think they would drop the titles to, you know, Rude and Ziggler if something wasn't really going on. But I honestly, too, think that, uh, you know, Ziggler and Rude, they were very game in this match. It was a very good match. And, uh, you know, they won. So it is what it is. Right. Alright, so, um, backstage, Pierce uh, talked to his new assistant, Sonya Deville, who questioned if the authority figure would enter himself into the gauntlet match after Reigns threatened him. Paul Heyman told Pierce that he was in the gauntlet match. Billy Kay talked to the Riot Squad about joining the group. Yeah, that was fun backstage crap. Yeah. That was just, I don't know what's going on with that, but she's basically nothing without uh, Peyton Royce, who seems to have gotten herself a new tag partner and... Looks to be doing pretty good with Lacey Evans over oh, there yeah. on Raw. So. Definitely. Alright, so of course, uh, Rey Mysterio had came out first for the gauntlet match, and then Zami Zayn brought out a special camera crew to film a documentary to uh, expose cons- supposedly expose the conspiracy against him. Uh, when he stepped into the ring, he immediately took a 619 into a splash to be uh, first eliminated by Rey Mysterio. Then Shinsuke Nakamura made uh, Mysterio tap out to an armbar, which really sucked. <laughs> I was kinda, yeah, kind of yeah. We were hoping uh, Rey Mysterio was gonna win or at least go all the way to the end of it because uh, <laughs> he usually does on Gauntlet matches. He usually does. So yeah. All right. Uh, King Corbin though would come down and attack everyone on his way to the ring, sneak attacking the artist. The King used the edge. The King really. I don't think we can call him the king anymore. But anyways, uh, used that edge to dominate Nakamura, but his opponent refused to quit, even after a deep six. He caught Corbin, though, returning to the ring with a King Shasha, and then uh, that would help him eliminate King Corbin. Yeah, I mean, when he hit him with that King Shasha, dude, uh, it kind of looked like he was like a deer in the headlights. He didn't know where he was, so... yeah. I was like, yes, no more Corbin. We don't like Corbin. No, we don't care for Corbin. Poorly used. We don't call him king. He's not our king, dang it. Nope. All right, next up, uh, Daniel Bryan knew that he had an advantage and would ground uh, Nakamura in his third uh, straight fight of the night. A technical war between these two veterans ensued where Bryan seemed to have the fight in the bag until Nakamura caught him with a running... King Shasha for a shocking elimination. I do love the sign of respect that Diana Bryan gave Shin, uh, Shinsuke after his elimination from the gauntlet. And, and yeah, and what I love about it is these two people are very technical superstars. Yeah. They're very respectful people. And, uh, you know, I mean, even Daniel Bryan has, you know, worked in the independence with, you know, I think with Shinsuke before. And, and it was, it was just... A great match to watch. I mean, it was it was nice until 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 he arrived. <laughs> until oh well, unfortunately, it kind of skips what happens. But the the head of the table, the big dog, Roman Reigns, flanked by Jey Uso and Paul Heyman, come down to the ring um, just ahead of Adam Pearce, who was supposed to come down. Uso and Roman would actually then go on to attack the uh, artiste as uh, Nakamura and uh, would just beat him relentlessly. 
Pearson would come to into the ring, um, not really wanting to do anything. Uh, Reigns would then knock Pierce out and have Uso drag him, his body over knock over on top of Nakamura to get the one two three count. And so Adam Pierce is the number one contender for the Universal Championship. What? Like, this to me is just bullcrap, dude. Um, I don't know what they're doing with this. I don't understand it. Um, I thought it was a purely dumb move made on Roman Reigns' part. Um, I'm not sure if this is going to stick. We'll see what happens. I think it's more of a storyline, maybe leading up to something more. I'm not sure. But I really am not happy with this move. I know you're not happy with it, but it is kind of funny. <laughs> it, it works out. It's like Big Dog. Well, he, he said he well, wanted uh, to pick his opponent. Not only that, so but... So he forced uh, his hand to pick his earlier opponent. Earlier today, we were watching football, yeah. and freaking a, uh, you know, a commercial for Friday Night, Friday Night Smackdown comes on talking about Pearson being the, the number one contender and. I was like, oh my lord, they're actually freaking putting this out there now. They're actually going to go with this. Um, I mean, I guess it's okay for Pearson. He is a veteran independent wrestler. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, cool. Give the man his shot. But it didn't look like he wanted it at all. Yeah. So, we'll see what happens with it. Right. I, I... It's gonna be interesting. I, some, some, something else has got to be ha- be in the works for this because it's just it makes it, it makes no it sense. It really doesn't. I mean, unless they're unless Pierce is gonna have a run as a wrestler for a while. That's the only thing I can think of. Is yeah, like this kind of brings I mean, him I, out to wrestle for a little bit. But I mean, that would be cool too. But I mean, we'll see what happens with it. I mean, obviously, he. I don't think he's going to be taking the title. Obviously, he ain't going to be able to wrestle Roman Reigns. I mean, mm-hmm. Roman Reigns is Roman Reigns. So good luck with that. Yes, yeah, sir. All right, man. We are just a little over three weeks away from the Rumble. The Royal Rumble. Wow. He built it up and then went out with a... <laughs> <laughs> the Royal Rumble, yes. So this is how I it ends. Not wait. This is not how it ends. It ends with not with a bang, but with a rumble. <laughs> well, I'm kind of scared because, I mean, look how they're leading it up right now. It's like it doesn't really seem like it's going to be that great right now. So. Well, the individual matches, I never really pay much attention to. All I care about is the Royal Rumble matches themselves when it comes to this show. Yes. Yeah, so I mean, I get it. Sometimes you got to end stories at the Rumble because you got to start gearing up for WrestleMania. A story runs its course at some point. But all I really care about is who gets the choice to pick the champion they face at WrestleMania. And what is up with you, WWE? I remember back in the day. Like... They would leave a little cliffhanger. Who's gonna? Who are they gonna take? For you know, who are they gonna go after? Usually nowadays, it's pretty predictable. Yeah, basically. Can yeah. you please give us a little bit of, you know, cliffhanger this time? Yeah, because basically, it's almost guaranteed whoever freaking wins for whichever show 
he was on, he's going after that show's champion. Yeah. And it's like, that's not the way it was set up. No, it was set up for you to choose either champion. Well, we did have that one point where you had ECW as the third brain in there. My God, what if someone wins and challenges the NXT champion? Ah. We can still have that, technically. No, I don't want that. And I, I know we don't really talk about NXT on here. And that's just because I don't believe in the third brand. I really don't. WWE has never been able to handle a third brand. And it's been proven consistently. <sighs> NXT was not meant to be a third brand. It was meant to be a developmental show. And it was awesome. I loved it. It was basically a way for you to either send somebody up who was ready or bring someone back to go, hey, we're going to kind of retool you a little bit, do a little tweaking, get you a little bit of momentum, and then send you back. That's all it was. Yeah. It was basically like AAA baseball. Okay. We might have brought you up too early. We're going to send you back. No big deal. We're just going to do a little bit of retweaking, see how we'd like it, how the fans react to it. And when you're ready, boom, we're sending you right back. But now it's like, oh, it's like it, uh, it's not the third show. Which is the third show? Come on. Yeah. What the hell is that? And, and the, you know, I am so happy they didn't bring them in and put them in the Survivor Series match again, because I didn't, I didn't care for it. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of the younger fans are oh NXT NXT, but you know what? It's it's lackluster, and I'm sorry, but I don't care what you say. NXT cannot compete with AEW. No, they can't. They can't. So. They definitely cannot. So, even if is. you have Adam Cole and Finn Balor and Damian Priest, I mean, come on now. I don't even watch it. I don't. I don't care to. Right. I won't. <laughs> he won't. He won't even. All right, man, so uh, tomorrow night we will be having some basketball talk. That's right, a return of the ball night. Though we do have a little bit of baseball news we need to cover. Yes. Big trade happened this last week. Monumental could have shifted the powers that be in the NL East. <laughs> could we see the rise of the New York Mets? We could. You never know. It could happen. You don't seem very confident in that, but eh, no. we'll see what happens. Though I mean, it's, it's a good, it's, it's a good pickup. It's a good pickup, but it's the Mets. Yeah, but I do like the fact that their owner is actually trying to treat the Mets like a big market instead of a small market. So yeah, because it's New York, you don't treat your team that's in New York like a small market team. That's true. So, anyways, we'll of course dive into that more tomorrow. Of course, we'll be recapping. Another awesome week of basketball, baby. Love yes. talking basketball. Some basketball. We could be talking about the resurrection of Steph Curry. Oh, yes. Because he's been fire lately. So I'm looking forward to it, bud. Me too. I can't wait. All right, ladies and gentlemen. That, of course, will do it for this episode of Saturday Wrestling Talk. And as always... Keep Keep on on talking talking sports. sports.